الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذكر فإن الذكرى تنفع المؤمنين وقال تعالى قل إن صلاتي ونسكي ومحياي ومماتي لله رب العالمين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إنما الأعمال بالنيات أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected students of deen, others and sisters Last week we discussed the hadith sharif of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam إنما الأعمال بالنيات and this was the first of the five ahadith that Imam Abu Hanifa selected as being the basis of deen. And as we mentioned previously, Imam Abu Dawud, the great muhaddith, he had selected four ahadith and one of those four were also the same hadith. And many others who made the similar selection, they also while there were some other ahadiths they selected out of the four or five but all unanimously selected this as the first hadith sharif that the lesson of ikhlas and sincerity and no matter how much we might speak about this not that we can speak much about it but whatever anybody might speak about it, how much it might be emphasized, how much it might be repeatedly revised, how much people might try to make an effort on it, it will still be insufficient, there will still be more to discuss and more to revise, more to emphasize and much more effort to make. Class after all, goes to the root of every amal, every action. And therefore, we are in need of constantly reminding ourselves of the importance of ikhlas, the importance of intention. The intention, and then the intention being sincere, being correct. So the correct intention has a tremendous impact. It has an impact on the person's amal, obviously, if something is done with ikhlas, it will be accepted in the court of Allah Ta'ala, provided it was done correctly as well. And no matter how good some amal can be, but if it was done without ikhlas, then it will be devoid of any benefit. Rather, it will become a problem and a very major problem. So these things have been discussed previously, some of the aspects were discussed last week. But just to again discuss the same topic, since we are so much in need of this, it's such a fundamental lesson. Very often we say things, do things, and we don't give any thought to what was the intention behind it, and whether this has rendered this 
action to become a very good and a very noble deed, whether it has rendered it null and void and rather something that we might be taken to task for. In terms of those amal that are clearly ibadat, that are direct forms of ibadat, in those amal the matter is very clear cut. Person is performing salah, but the niyat was not to perform the salah for Allah Ta'ala. The niyat became one to impress people. Somebody was there, somebody came in, so now the niyat started that I should do the salah in such a way that this person sees it and gets impressed. And as a result, the person will have a good opinion of me. The person will think highly of me. The person will uh, regard me as somebody pious. Unfortunately, these issues about what people think of us, that becomes a very major focus in our life. And people's thoughts about us start dictating what we should do, how we should go about it, whether we should do something, don't do something. Now, in that process, because we are so concerned about people's thoughts about us, what is our image in the eyes of people. So when that becomes part of the focus, then many a times a person will do something which is not correct, but because in his mind that will enhance his image among people, so he'll do it. And though he will be sinful, he will be wasting his money sometimes, whatever other things, but he will do it because that will buy him an image. That's what he thinks. And sometimes there will be something very, very beneficial, very great, very good, but in the eyes of people that would not be something that they would think much about in the circles that he wants to be in. They may not even give any significance to it, rather they might look down upon it, billah, or they might think that this is not something we should be doing, so he won't do it too. And he'll deprive himself. All this comes from what? From this matter of ikhlas, being whether the ikhlas is there or not there. If there's ikhlas in something, that will direct it in a certain manner. A person will do many things that are useful, that are beneficial, that are necessary. And if class is missing, he'll be worried about people's image, people's thinking about him. What's his image in the minds of people, in the eyes of people? So then he will choose to do something that is not right. He'll leave out what is good. So what a disaster that would be. So the one is the aspect of, as we were mentioning, that a person performing salah, so now that's a clear-cut ibadat. But now he's doing the salah with the wrong intention. So that anybody can understand that he's doing the salah to impress people. This impressing people is going to destroy the salah. Just on the note again of the story of image. So we're talking about images now. So this comes to mind now. So we get so engrossed in this image that half our life goes worrying about what people are thinking of us. Half our life goes worrying about what people are thinking of us. 
and the other half of our life goes trying to charm people into thinking good of us. Now, between trying to charm people to think good of us and worrying about what people are thinking of us, our life comes out in this. What a waste. What a waste of life. What a waste of time. What a waste of energies. What a waste of the mental faculties that Allah Ta'ala gave us to now engage that in thinking about just in that time a person recited some tasbih, recited some Quran Sharif, made some Durud Sharif, made some Istighfar. How much that would have benefited one? What good would have come out of it? How much closer one would have got to Allah Ta'ala? And now here we worried about our image and now because of that we are planning what to do, how to enhance that image. And this was the furthest thing from the minds of the Sahaba Ikram, what people's thoughts are about them. They were concerned about what does what is their image in the court of Allah Ta'ala? How will they fare in front of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? That is what they were concerned about. That image, the image in the mirror of Shariat, that reflection, what, what kind of reflection is coming out of there? If a person puts a rose in front of a mirror, so now even if inside that rose there is some thorn inside there, there's or some harmful insect is sitting in there, the bee, but from the outside it's only the rose. Now you put that rose in front of the mirror, it will reflect a rose. Because the mirror will only reflect what's there, that's the, the worldly mirror. The mirror that's stuck there on the wall, that will only show what's there in terms of externally. But now if that bee is hidden inside, which has a terrible sting, and which can be fatal sometimes for so many people, who have some allergies and so on, that bee sting can be fatal for them, can, they can lose their life. But that bee that's hiding inside the petals is not visible outwardly, that mirror can't show it. That mirror won't be able to reflect that. That's the mirror of dunya. But the mirror of the Quran and Sunnah, if a person knows how to look into it, if a person knows how to look into it, now, that might sound strange, that there's a mirror, the mirror you just come and stand in front of it and it reflects. That's the mirror of dunya. But the mirror of the Quran and Sunnah, a person looks into it with the niyat of Islah, with the niyat of one's rectification. So now outwardly we might be having a beautiful image, very, very pious external appearance. Somebody sees us they'll think that even the malaika are envious of these people. That, subhanallah, what wonderful people. But now that external image, that external appearance, that is not what the reflection will show. The reflection will show what the reality is. The reflection of the Quran and Sunnah. If we stand in front of that mirror, it will show us our reality. If externally we are looking very pious, but inside our heart there's filth, if we truly look correctly with the niyat of our rectification, many times what the problem is, especially those of us who are studying deen, who from time to time we might be wanting to even impart some advices to somebody, our family, our friends, others. So Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Often what happens is we start reading many things, many we learn many things, listen to many bayans, etc. 
But by and large the niyat becomes what I have to tell others. This will be, mashallah, excellent point to tell somebody. This, this is a wonderful thing to now tell my cousin about because she needs to sort her life out. So this now I'm reading, I'm reading it for the cousin. That I'm reading it, I'm reading it for my nephew. That I'm reading it for my aunt. That I'm reading it for my classmate. This hadith sharif, I'm reading it for somebody else. Everything, what I have to say elsewhere. But for a while, leaving everybody else out of my mind for that time, this does not mean we must not impart things to others. We must not invite them to the path of righteousness. But there must be time when we are doing things purely for our rectification, for our Islam. So we are reading through those ahadith, we are reading through those biographies of the pious people, we are reading through those uh, articles and leaflets on various aspects of deen from authentic sources obviously. We are reading that kitab from an authentic author, author, somebody who has the right thinking. So we are doing all this, but the niyat primarily and only at times my Islam. I need to sort myself out. So I am looking for my faults. Now when that person looks for his faults, he'll see it. Now he's looking in that mirror, that mirror is not going to show him his beautiful external image of piety. It will show him what his reality is. Mashallah, person gives a beautiful bayan on honesty, on truthfulness. Excellent, mashallah. People might benefit from it, he'll get sawab also. They will act correctly, he'll also get the reward. Excellent. But if he looks into the mirror of Shariat and of the Quran and Sunnah and he's looking for his faults and if supposing he's not living up to that Hadith Sharif, he's talking, mashallah, excellently about it, but he himself is not living up to it. Then if you look, he will see the harms of lying and he will understand the evil of the sin and he will see the dirt within him. That I am telling people one thing but this reflection is showing me that I am in a very dangerous place. I am lying. I am making stories. I am twisting the truth. Now all this will happen. The person will see this reflection also. Despite the external appearance of piety. But the person will see this reflection of the reality. When, when a person is reading these ahadith. Reading the tafsir reading the books and the lessons from the pious and from the akabir, the mawais, etc. Reading whatever it is with ikhlas. And that ikhlas, I'm reading it for Allah Ta'ala's sake to rectify myself. If that ikhlas is there, the person will be concerned about himself. And if there's no ikhlas, then we'll be always concerned maybe about others, but not about oneself. Being concerned about others is necessary, very necessary. But not at the expense of our own Islah and getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. That's primarily important on us. We'll be questioned first about ourselves on the day of Qiyamah. What did you do? What was your deen? How did you act on the Sunnah? So these questions are going to be based on what we did, how we conducted ourselves. Now, if the person has ikhlas, he'll look for his faults, he'll look for his weaknesses and he will try to correct them in the guidance and supervision of somebody. So, ikhlas will drive one in that direction. 
a person is looking with ikhlas, then he'll see the reality. Otherwise, when reading that hadith about lying, for example, now we just spoke about lying, reading that hadith about lying, our mind will go to everyone else. I think that person lies, and I think that person is this, and that person is that. We'll be thinking about everybody else, but not about ourselves. So we will not have that benefit of that mirror. The mirror, as we said, the dunya mirror shows you what's outside only. The dunya mirror can't show you what's inside the heart. So if the person comes, mashallah, with a beautiful appearance of piety in front of the mirror, the mirror will say, you are the pious, most pious person on earth. Because the mirror just shows you the external side. But if you look in the mirror of the Quran and Sunnah, with ikhlas, and with that intention that I want to correct myself, I want to become the true servant of Allah Ta'ala. I want to rectify my faults. So now if there's a fault of lying, for example, as we discussed, just as an example this is now, we'll see it. It'll lay back at us. So that's something deep down in us. But that mirror will show it to us. Provided we're looking for it. Now like that, we need to look into our hearts. We'll find the hadith about neglect of salah. And what is severe matter this is, neglecting salah. Now, if we're looking with ikhlas and we're really looking to better ourselves, we'll see this and it'll bother us now. When a person stands in front of the mirror, now he sees, hey, there's something on my face here which I didn't, thought, I didn't know it was there. Now it's some scar or some whatever. There's some rash which the person wasn't, wasn't aware also it's there. So as soon as it becomes visible in the mirror, now there's a lot of concern and anxiety and now the person is trying to put something and put some, apply some ointment and do this and that and then the person becomes very self-conscious that the sky is on my face. So now anybody is looking at me even if that person is not focusing towards the sky at all. The person is not even concerned about it. Didn't even cross his mind. Maybe he noticed it but didn't even bother him. But I become so self-conscious about it now that this person is probably looking at that scar on my face and must be wondering now that how this person got the scar on his face and maybe he was fighting with somebody or what happened. Now all those, because I'm so self-conscious that this person now, what is he thinking about my scar? And maybe he might be thinking like, look how strange this person looks with the scar on his face or maybe he looks uh, ugly about it. All these thoughts will cross our mind. Whereas that person, it's not even bothering him. He didn't take to really notice about it. And supposing if the person saw it and he started thinking something also, he started thinking now, hey, this car on this person's face, I wonder what happened. So what does it affect us if he's thinking about it? How does it change our life if he's thinking something? One is somebody is trying to do something to us. He's just thinking something. How does his thinking something affect us? He's thinking now we not good. So does that make us not good? And if he thinks now we excellent, he's thinking does it make us excellent? It's what our reality. But the point is we become very self-conscious. And now we're sometimes hiding it, we're sometimes doing something else. Now just like we become very self-conscious because we can see that visible, that, that physical scar and others can see it. And as a result now we're becoming so self-conscious about it and he's trying to hide it sometimes. We're trying to quickly treat it and bring some ointment and bring some medication. And Somebody tells us some wazifa also. We're ready with the wazifa to, to hide the scar. And uh, somebody is giving us something else. Somebody gave us some tawis for it to 
everything we're doing. Now likewise, a person looks with ikhlas, with sincerity, genuinely. I need to correct myself. I need to find the correct path. So now I'm looking, obviously, in the guidance of those who are learned, they will tell us, okay, read this book where the details of the akhlaqiyat are mentioned. Read this book where the mu'amalat and mu'asharat are taught, how to conduct oneself correctly, what kind of heart we should have, or whatever other literature might be recommended by them, or certain hadith, kitab with the commentary and details there. Whatever they will explain to us now, we will take it from there and then start reflecting. Now when we will reflect, we will see the dirt inside us. We will see the filth and dirt that we have filled in there. We might see the lying in there. We might see the mocking others and causing taklif to them. We might see the pride in it. We might see how we are looking down on others. What a terrible sin that is. Now all these things will show out to us like real dirt, filth, muck. Because this is the internal muck. And this is even more filthy than the external self. The, 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 the dirt that comes on the external self. The dirt and filth that comes on the body, on the clothes. Water will wash it away. But this muck and dirt and filth of the heart, the whole ocean of water can be used to wash it. That's not going to wash it. Yes, sincere toba will wash it. But if a person was pick and span perfectly clean externally, but the heart is filled with all these very filthy things, pride, arrogance, jealousy, and malice, and lying, and hypocrisy, and whatever else. So that is a far more severe filth and dirt. That is now affecting the heart directly. And then the heart is king. As a result, all the organs and limbs of the body also act in a similar manner. That's a major problem. Very, very major problem. So now, that dirt now, when a person becomes conscious of that, like he saw one scar on his face, he became very self-conscious of people. When he's looking for his Islam, in ikhlas he's looking at this, he'll become very self-conscious in front of Allah Ta'ala. Allah is aware of everything we do. Now he'll be feeling ashamed. Allah Ta'ala is aware, this is my heart. This filth is in my heart. This kind of evil is in my heart. I'm harboring this malice. What a dirt this is. I'm harboring this jealousy. What a dirt this is. That lie, what a stench comes from this lie. The malaika also flee to the extent of one mile. This jealousy, this whatever other haram passions and lusts, whatever, all these things are now going to show out as terrible dirt. We'll start getting some stench out of it. We'll start seeing that dirt in our hearts and it will send a shiver down the spine. Now the person will be very, very ashamed in front of Allah Ta'ala. My Rabb gave me everything to eat. Allah Ta'ala provides for me. Allah Ta'ala is nourishing me. Allah Ta'ala is sustaining me. And this is how I am. My heart is so filled with this dirt. And Allah is watching this filth in my heart and seeing what kind of dirt I am harboring. Inna lillah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Immediately the person is making istighfar, making toba, trying to cleanse the heart of that dirt and firmly committing oneself to do what is right, to stay away from what is wrong, to avoid all evil and filth, to give up lying, to give up backbiting, what a terrible son backbiting, to give up this jealousy and malice and whatever other evils they are. Now this is the way that a person will feel if they truly look into this mirror of the Quran and Sunnah. In the light of the teachings of our pious predecessors, they will guide us of how to go past this. 
So, this is how crucially important the aspect of ikhlas is. And no matter how much we discuss this, because ikhlas is going to drive us in all these matters forward. To find our own faults, to look at our own downfalls, to look at our own problems and issues. And yes, if something else, somebody is in need of some advice, somebody should be advised regarding something, we'll advise them too. But more than everybody else, we are going to be concerned about ourselves. And we will be watching and checking, what am I doing, how am I moving forward. That is the very, very important aspect that we need to build upon. And this is, the foundation of it all is this ikhlas. If ikhlas is missing, then things will go in a very different way. So as we started off again, coming to the main point where we started off, whatever Allah Ta'ala wills, that is what comes out. May Allah Ta'ala make it a means of benefit for me, for all of us. I'm most in need of what is being said. But coming back to the main point where we started off, that one is clear-cut amal, like some ibadat, salah, person is giving some charity, reciting Quran Sharif, making zikr, making dua, these are all direct ibadats, forms of ibadat. And now a person is doing it with the wrong intention, doing it to show off to others, doing it to impress others. Maybe somebody will see me making dua in this manner and they'll say, what a good person this is. And they might now go and find one proposal for me and come. Now, what has become the intention? The intention has been to now go and impress somebody, to make somebody think good of me. That has destroyed that whole amal. So one is that kind of situation, some direct ibadat, and the niyat and intention got corrupted. The intention became corrupted. So then we lost that whole amal, let alone lost it, Allah forbid, we'll get questioned about it on the day of Qiyamah. Because this is a sign, a kind of shirk. It's a smaller shirk. But it's a kind of shirk. And the other thing is, day-to-day things, which are not direct forms of ibadat, but it can be transformed into ibadat. With what? With intention. A person is eating, but with the right intention. This food must become nourishment for me and bring strength. And when I get that strength, I will use it to make the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. Now that eating has become ibadat. Eating in the sunnah manner consciously, I'm eating in this way, I'm reciting this bismillah, I'm reciting this dua, because all this is the sunnah of my Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I'm eating as best as I can in accordance to the sunnah, various adab and etiquettes. So now that has become a means of gaining closeness to Allah Ta'ala. That has become a means of gaining closeness to Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now, this too is part of this whole process. That a person now is transforming a very basic action into an ibadat. Eating a necessity of life is transforming into ibadat. Likewise, a person said something good with the right intention. I'm saying it to make somebody happy. I'm saying it to please someone and make them feel good, make them feel comfortable, make them feel relaxed. Or I'm saying it in order to advise somebody with some good, excellent. But then, if that niyat got corrupted, so we're doing the same action. For example, we are inviting somebody, inviting somebody for a meal, for example. So now that's a dawah. So now we made the niyat that sunnah to invite somebody. We got the niyat of sunnah, the ibadat, reward of sunnah. 
But now the person is inviting someone. Why is he inviting the person? Inviting the person, they'll come into my house and they might see my house and see my things and become impressed and think great of me. We lost all the benefit. It became harmful. We sometimes said some statement, made some statement. That statement was meant to cheer somebody up. And to cheer someone with that near, the person must feel good, feel cheered. The person is looking down. That too is a very great ibadat. But now we said the same thing, but we said it in a mocking tone. We said it in a way that was meant to mock the person. That became a major sin. Is I a Muslim? Giving harm and taklif to a Muslim. Well, that became a major problem. So now the same, apparently same action, but one became an ibadat because of the correct intention, and the other, the incorrect intention, the intention was to mock at someone, make someone a fool, whatever it is, that destroyed it. And in fact it became a problem now. One is going to be taken to task for it, unless we make amends. So this is just a slight glimpse of how deep intention goes. A person is smiling at someone. Now that one smile is done in a manner of what is sunnah. Nabi Islam used to smile. So now purely this is my fellow Muslim sister. So now as a Muslim sister, one should smile at the fellow Muslim sister. So that's with the niyat of sunnah. Mashallah. But Allah forbid, somebody brought in a haram element in that smile. And there is some haram thought lurking behind it. That has become a sin. That has become a major sin. Now these are things that are unfortunately becoming the scourges of the time. And it's just now that intention went in the wrong way. It corrupted it. It made it such, such a terrible thing. Whereas the action outwardly was exactly the same. There was no difference compared to the first time around. But now this became such a terrible thing. Now this, if this intention is not worked on, this heart and this ikhlas is not developed, this ikhlas is not inculcated deep down in the heart, then all these simple day-to-day things also are in danger of getting corrupted. And simple things are in danger of becoming a problem for us. Whereas there are people who do these things without any niyat. They don't get any benefit. They don't get any harm also. So the, they are still better off. Because they didn't harm themselves. And a person makes an incorrect intention. He's gone deep down in the problem now. He is in a, in a trouble. So we need to start becoming very conscious of intention and all the time keep checking what is my intention, why am I doing this is it something to be done, is it the correct thing to do the more we will keep checking and rechecking and reminding ourselves and creating reminders writing some small little reminder on our desk there check your intention at home, at our bedside various places, just one line intention, or one word intention it will remind us now, every time we keep checking, we, this will be a practice. Each time the person starts consciously thinking about the intention. But when this carries on for a while, that we are being made to remember, due to the reminders that we have put around, gradually it will become natural. Gradually it will become our first nature. To check and double check our intention. And if we de- detect some wrong 
we immediately then refrain from it. We immediately back out of that. And if it's done with the correct intention, the action itself is permissible, but it's been done with the right intention, that will inshallah transform into an ibadat. May Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we understand the importance of this intention. It's not just a by the way thing. It's not just something that, well, uh, intention is only applicable to now a person going to make salah now, he must have the intention of what salah is performing and how many rakats. Or a person is now giving zakat, he must have the intention. Those places are obviously necessary, compulsory to have the intention. But intention goes very deep into every matter of life. What we look at, what our intention of that, what we spoke, what was the intention of that. Where we are going, what's our intention of going there? What we are doing, what's our intention of doing this particular action? Intention. So at every juncture, every step, this is the very, very crucial matter. The intention will transform some very simple, basic, very, very easy amal action that was done, transform it into a great ibadat because of the extent of that ikhlas in it. And it being correct. And sometimes some great amal, we discussed the incident or the hadith of Abu Hurira radiallahu ta'ala an, the three people who will be thrown first into the fire of Jahannam. What, what happened? Intention. Intention got corrupted. So Allah ta'ala grant us a tawfiq that we keep checking our intention, correcting our wrongs and progressing in this manner. Inshallah, we will earn tremendous rewards and we'll get very close to Allah ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala bless us all with the tawfiq of correcting our intention at all times and making the best of intentions. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفي لنا وترحمنا لنكون من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله